Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tim Lee Master. Today we're joined again with Justin Zachs and Ed Mullane from the Activist Monitor. Uh, Ed, you were going to kick things off with a look at the data so far in 2018? Uh, yes, uh, Tim. Uh, just some January observations. Uh, there were 23 campaigns launched in January, new campaigns. Uh, this compares to 25 last year. So, um, you know, we're seeing a you know, very consistent flow of uh, new campaigns year over year. Um, what was interesting is just the breadth of the activists. Um, uh, there were 22 different activists registering new campaigns of the 23 launched. So we're seeing a lot of different activists target a lot of different companies and a lot of different sizes. And then maybe uh, an and another interesting point was, was just uh, Janet Partners' uh, working alongside Calsters and initiating a social campaign against Apple. Um, and this uh, ESG movement, environmental, uh, social and governance movement, uh, continues to gain traction and, uh, and should continue to play an increasing role in, uh, in engagement uh, in, the, uh, in the new year. Great, great. Okay, and uh, Justin, we were going to look at the 13F season. What uh, what were some big takeaways uh, from this from this round? I thought one of the most interesting takeaways was that there were several activists that joined in investing where other activists were already uh, in the stocks. Uh, one such stock would be Envision Healthcare, where uh, Ed had mentioned Jana. Jana joined Starboard and Corbex there. That company is exploring strategic alternatives. Is there anything specific that Jana brings to the table, or...? The opportunistic move. Uh, it it looks you know it looks kind of like opportunistic to me that they're kind of joining in and w when these funds are able to kind of gang up they 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 take a lot more power when they can add to the position of the existing uh, uh, fund. For instance, at at Newell Brands, uh, Starboard Value is looking to replace the entire board there, and, and last quarter Glenview Capital took a three and a half. Uh, percent stake so that if they're on board with starboard they're definitely going to be able to put more pressure and we actually saw this already uh, coming to fruition uh, this morning we'll announce it's going to appoint two new board members uh, and then nominate a third one at its upcoming annual general and annual general meeting uh, these additions look like a move that uh, to beef up their uh, the board's managerial expertise as uh, their board appointees were either CFOs or, or uh, CEOs of large companies. I think the the Newell example is an interesting one because they went out. They did a very large acquisition a few years ago of Jordan. Uh, right. And I think if you look at the market cap of Newell today, it's it's almost equal to the price they paid for Jordan. And uh, you know they just essentially lost all that value of the market cap. Uh, you know through doing that transaction. And you see that again in another situation, Lattice Semiconductor, which has a market cap today of about $700 million, and they went out and bought Silicon Image uh, a few years ago for $600 million. <coughs> And when these companies go out and do these very large transactions, um, and, and they've just been incredibly destructive, uh, you know, it's, it's really good ground, uh, you know, uh, op a very good opportunity for these activists to try to regain some of that value. Was there like a driver? I mean, what did they say they were going to get out of that transaction when they first started? Was it just simply a scale type thing? Or, I mean, what did they see as the value to that transaction that didn't happen? Yeah, well, on Lattice, what they've done is they've uh, increased their exposure to the consumer business, which uh, 
in the semiconductor space is very competitive. And uh, management made that decision, and they have to take the fall for that. So um, in Lattice's case, you know, it's, uh, you know, the CEO made that decision. The board agreed with it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was a, a massive strategic mistake. And at Newell, you saw Newell kind of lost their focus. They had about they had acquired about thirty two different brands, and they were unable to really kind of work with all of them. And what you saw even there, you mentioned Jordan. The Jordan founder is actually on, is on board with Starboard in the, in the campaign against the company because they're you know they're thinking that this company needs to divest. Now they've now announced that they're going to divest about six billion dollars worth of businesses and go and slim down from thirty two. They're now, now they're out about 15, but they're go, go, looking to go towards about uh, nine uh, total core businesses uh, that, they, that they would want to have. And that satisfied the activists, or they won't? Well, it, it's unclear. I mean, it, literally, the news just came out this morning, so we we'll, we'll, should hear soon whether that is enough for them or not, or whether they're going to try to continue uh, their campaign to replace uh, the entire board. Uh, and the other company that you saw. Uh, with, with a, a board shakeup is uh, Rent-A-Center. Uh, they recently entered a cooperation agreement with 16.9% shareholder engaged capital. And under that agreement, uh, after the AGM, engaged will actually have a majority of the board members that which they would have nominated. Uh, and at that point, they're going to be probably looking for a sale. And you saw because of that, and because of the action in Renaissance, you saw a ton of activists jump in, like I had said was kind of the trend. Uh, and there you saw Philadelphia Financial Management San Francisco, K2 Principal Funds, uh, View Capital, Oasis Management, and Driehaus Capital all, all uh, take new positions in Radio, uh, excuse me, Renaissance in the uh, fourth quarter. Right. And what's the business they're doing again, Rent-A-Center? Rent-A-Center basically is a rent-to-own uh, retailer. So if you would go in and want to buy, uh, if you want to rent some furniture, you could rent the furniture with the idea that eventually when you paid it off, you would then own it. Okay. Are there any sort of examples of um, uh, M&A in that space that these guys are looking to kind of emulate? Or? Well, it's it's really very kind of a niche uh, business. So, and, and that might be uh, problematic to say, you know, who exactly is going to buy this company? I think Engage gets in a lot of situations where they can measure the free cash flow. And a lot of the outs seem to be PE focused, or at least that is a possibility. Um, uh, Rent Centers One, they own a, a, a very big position, TiVo. Um, uh, they merged it with uh, another company who was Roby, not Roby. Uh, uh, TiVo did a big deal um, a year ago. Uh, both companies own massive amounts of uh, intellectual property, and uh, it's a very steady cash flow business. So, um, so the uh, Tivo has not performed well uh, from a share perspective for uh, for Engaged, uh, but uh, you would think there would be. Uh, I think there was a report that there is some private equity inquiries at least uh, at the company, and uh, and I think. Uh, with all their situations that they love to find that free cash flow to have that private equity out if they, if they have to go that route versus a strategic. Okay, and I think we're going to look at uh, look at some active sectors. Yeah, I would say, I mean, just one more thing on, you know, kind of the trends in the 13Fs was uh, another interesting trend was was the funds are still getting into merger ARB opportunities, and in particular, uh, Time Warner, AT&T is a merger play that 
you saw Greenlight, Satchem Head, Discovery Capital, and Abrams Capital all jump into. Uh, that that looks like you know it's now headed to court. There's a court date set for the 19th of March, and recently the um, antitrust chief. Uh, Malcolm Del Rahim uh, really clamped down and said, you know, he's willing to take this fight all the way, and it looks like it, it may not settle. So it's that's going to end up being a very interesting uh, positioning uh, from a um, merger arb perspective. Do all these funds have a have a united view on on what they want from this, or is there some sort of disagreement among the funds? Usually, when these funds get in, they're they're going from the long side and they're looking. Uh, to have the merger close. And in, in terms of sector-wise, you know, kind of the biggest uh, sec- sector that we saw in the 13Fs that people were really interested was was healthcare. And I, I noted previously Envision Healthcare. Uh, and even if you look at companies where there has been some lapsed deals, even those companies are getting attention. For instance, Allergan, which you know failed in its merger with Pfizer. Uh, Glenview Capital, Lakewood Capital, Owl Creek, Sarissa, Southeastern, all these funds jumped in uh, to the stock, uh, maybe thinking that there's another possible deal. Uh, And the most interesting one is probably Humana, where we saw additions from Omega Advisors, advisors, uh, Turbulent Capital, Artisan Partners, uh, and that failed in its merger with Aetna. Now Aetna is tied up with CVS, and you have an uh, you know you have an environment where regulators were not keen on horizontal mergers, but they might be willing to let vertical mergers pass. Now you saw Albertsons go after Rite Aid, uh, so a lot of people think Humana is next, and it could be another horizontal merger with a Cigna or an Anthem, or you might see another vertical merger with uh, likes of Walmart or Walgreens. I mean, would there be any idea on? Is there a strategy on when that might kind of kick off, or is it just kind of a you know pure chance type thing? I I think it's pure chance, but as it goes on, every you know everyone's always looking. People thought Rite Aid might be kind of further down the pipeline, but it came a lot sooner than a lot of people thought. So I think some people are waiting to see what the tea leaves are on these vertical mergers with Time Warner and CVS, uh, but a lot of companies might not wait around because the the target might not be around. <laughs> Okay, well, look, in terms of a quick uh, quick and dirty look at the uh, 13F season, have we, have we missed anything, or does that about cover it? I, I was just going to go over, you know, there was a few a few uh, funds that continue to be active. Um, Elliott continues to be active in, uh, in a lot of areas. It just uh, helped get a bump uh, in its position in NXP. Uh, it got a price bump from $110 a share to uh, $127.50 in its merger with Qualcomm. And two of the uh, positions I flagged up in its recent 13F disclosures were uh, QEP Resources, the oil and gas exploration uh, company where it took a 10.5 million share stake. Uh, It recently delayed its earnings to finalize a strategic plan, which may or may not be uh, influenced by Elliott, as well as Convergence, which does uh, customer management services. It took a 4.5 million share stake, and recently we saw a shakeup in its C-suite and where the CEO and CEO both left. Yeah, I think um, just uh, overall themes, uh, stocks that are performing well uh, with activists involved are really capitalizing on margin expansion opportunities. So I think today we saw uh, 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 Starboard and BLO partners decrease uh, their stake in monotype, and monotype shares uh, 
when they began the campaign, shares were around $18 a share. I think they're up in the mid-20s now. And management, in that case, uh, responded uh, to the activist position and uh, changed its outlook or spending on certain businesses and provide very clear outlook to how margins would improve. And I think you've seen a lot of settlements. Uh, you saw a settlement in Cornerstone on Demand where you know they've had changes uh, uh, to the board. They had an investment late last year. Silver Lake, and this is another co- company that should have uh, very good margin expansion going forward. And the company mentioned I mentioned earlier, Lattice. Uh, this is very early stage, but um, you know this is another opportunity where you, you've made an acquisition that hasn't worked out. There should be some sort of cost savings that can be realized. And, and that should lead to some uh, some margin expansion and maybe some some better growth if managed properly. Uh, so um, one of the themes I'm seeing, at least, is uh, companies getting involved in these opportunities where they, they do have the ability to increase margins. Okay. Well, we've got healthcare, tech, energy, consumer. It sounds like a busy uh, kickoff to 2018. We want to thank uh, Justin Sachs and Ed Moline from Activist Monitor, and I'm Tim Lee Master. Thank you for listening. <laughs>